Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study that's posted each Sunday morning at 9.30 Central Time here in the United States for those who are not able to be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and study with us in person, worship God with us, grow spiritually with us, grow in our faith together. Well, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 930, followed by worship at 1030. Sunday evenings, we come back together each Sunday evening at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. And then on Wednesday evenings, good time to get our spiritual batteries recharged right in the middle of the week. We come back together each Wednesday evening at 6.30 for midweek Bible classes. Now, you're welcome to any and all of these services, and we really would hope to see you soon. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Now, we know there are people who are not able to be with us, and so we're thankful to be able to podcast these Bible studies so that everybody anywhere who has access to the Internet can take advantage of these studies and get into God's Word with us on a regular basis. We also encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. And also take advantage of going to our website and tell others to do so as well. Churchofchrist.com. Churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We just want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or computer or whatever smart device they choose, they will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, and all of our sermons, plus a Monday through Friday radio program called Search the Scriptures and a a seven-day-a-week short Bible study every single day, only about 13 minutes but it keeps us in God's Word every single day. We call that today's Bible class. All of that will automatically go to their smart device for free, and it will always be free. So take advantage of that opportunity. Now we're going to get back into our study from the book of Joshua. And this is a natural progression from the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and now Joshua being next. As we stated, we began with Genesis chapter 1, the creation, then we saw mankind, and then we saw the flood in Noah's day, the fall of mankind, but God sparing humanity through the family of Noah, righteous Noah. And then we saw Abraham as God chose his bloodline to be the beginning of the bloodline through which he would send, well, he would first raise up the nation of Israel and then send the Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, into this world in physical form as the Savior. And so then from Genesis chapter 12 through the end of Deuteronomy, basically we see that all developing, the nation of Israel coming to be through the bloodline of Abraham, then Isaac his son, and then Jacob his son, and then Jacob's 12 sons. 
the 12, the, who ultimately were the forefathers to the 12 tribes of Israel. And so when we come to the book of Exodus, we see that that bloodline had grown within the borders of Egypt as Joseph, one of, jo- of, of uh, Jacob's sons, had brought his father and all of his brothers and all of their households into Egypt during a severe famine in, in a great deal, uh, in, in, a, in a large part of the, the world, that part of the world at that time, brought them into Egypt, and they ended up staying there, residing there for about 400 years. And in that time, they grew into a mighty nation population-wise, but they also became so numerous within the borders of Egypt that there ultimately came to be a pharaoh who feared that they might actually engage in an uprising and try to ally themselves with an enemy of Egypt and help overthrow the government of Egypt itself. Well, that was not what they were about. They prayed to God for deliverance because that Pharaoh began to put them under bondage, basically made slaves of them. And so they cried out to God for deliverance. God sent Moses and his brother Aaron to lead them out of Egypt, out of that bondage. And ultimately, they did so. They first went to into the wilderness to Mount Sinai, where God gave them the Ten Commandments and tablets of stone. And he also began to give Moses the written law, what we look back upon today as the Old Testament law of Moses for the Israelites. Then Moses led them over through a period, ultimately, of about 40 years in wilderness wanderings to the borders of the Promised Land. And Deuteronomy really is, is a book where Moses reminds them of their history and brings them up to the point where they're ready to cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land, which was the land of Canaan at that time, but that God would give them victory after victory over the inhabitants of that land, and God instructed them through Moses don't have anything to do with those people there because they're idol worshipers. They do not believe in me. Drive them out or defeat or destroy them in battle. And so Moses is preparing them for that. And repeatedly through the book of Deuteronomy, he keeps reminding them of that instruction from God. Don't have anything to do with the people who are the peoples, because there were different nationalities at that time, who live in that land because they're idol worshipers. You start to develop relationships with them, and particularly if you start intermarrying with them, then they're going to become a snare to your side. They're going to become, or rather thorns to your side, a snare to you from a spiritual perspective, and they're going to start influencing you to turn away from me and start worshiping idols, which are nothing but just objects. And so Joshua is the book then where they crossed the Jordan River under the new leadership of Joshua because God would not, God took Moses, would not allow him to go into the promised land physically, but did allow him to go up into a mountain and overlook that land and see its beauties and blessings. Well, so Joshua has led them into the promised land. They've crossed the Jordan River. We're talking about a mighty number of people here, one to three million strong probably by this time in their development and growth. 
And so they come in. They fight the first battle, the city of Jericho. But God wants them to understand, I am the one who will be giving you the victories over the peoples of this land. I will give you the victories. And so he told them, he gave them some instructions, gave Joshua some instructions as to to how to take this particular walled, heavily fortified city of Jericho. He said, simply march around it one time with your army each day for six days. And the seventh day, march around it seven times, have a certain designated number of men blow the ram's horn. And they did exactly that, made absolutely no military sense from you know the logic and tactical reasoning of a military leader. But it was God's instruction, so it made complete sense. And when they did that, that seventh day, blew the ram's horn, God, called, God caused the walls of Jericho to fall, to crumble before the Israelite army. And they went in and they took the city. Now, then we came to the next battle, and that was a much smaller city, much less populated city, the, the city of Ai. And so when Joshua sent some spies or observers to, you know, check out what's it like, what do we need to do to take this city, they, they came back and said, it's not that big, they don't, their army's not that numerous, not going to be that big a problem, just send maybe 3,000 soldiers or so to go to the city. And so Joshua did. They sent 3,000, but the men of Ai defeated them, chased them off, and there were 30-some Israelite soldiers, warriors, who were killed in that battle. It made no sense because, again, this was a much smaller city. They, they did not need to to employ anything like the full might of the Israelite army. But they lost in that battle. They lost soundly. And so Joshua began inquiring of God, and God revealed to him, there has been one of your warriors from the battle at Jericho who disobeyed my instructions and took from some of the forbidden things that I said, don't take any of those things. He took those things to try to enrich himself, hid them in his tent. And so there's sin in the camp. And Joshua then began leading the people by tribes and families and then individual men and came to uh, the one man who had done that, Achan. And so God destroyed Achan and his family because of their sin, because they had, he had brought sin into the camp. Now, they're about to come back to Ai after having, and, and we need to understand that as a cleansing of the people of Israel, or a cleansing of the, of the camp of Israel. A lot of times we don't like the idea of discipline especially church discipline or spiritual discipline. We think, well, we think that's unloving. We think that's harsh. And we need to understand, how, what, do you do, what do you do when your, your body is racked by a disease? You've got an infection of some kind. You've got to cleanse out that infection, don't you? Because left on its own, it could ultimately destroy your whole body. You could die. Well, God was putting forth a very important and powerful and valuable lesson 
to the people of Israel, you cannot allow, you cannot allow sin to prevail in your midst. You have to cleanse the camp, get rid of the sin. And that really should be a lesson for us, you know, up to today and including today until the Lord comes again. Now, we're not talking about executing somebody. God did that in the case of Achan and his family. But we are told to recognize when sin is present and we need to deal with that sin. Even as the church of our Lord today, there, there are numerous instructions along the line of church discipline. It's not mean, it's not harsh, it's not hard-hearted. It's loving, it's compassionate. We care about those souls. We want to help people be cleansed of the guilt of their sin and, and get back in the, the straight path of faithfulness to God and living in dedication to him and in service to him. But in order for that to happen, the sin has to be put away. And so we try to help people come to understand you, you can't keep living in this way. You need to repent and you need to seek God's forgiveness through prayer, even as Christians. Well, chapter 8, the fall of Ai. Now the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you and arise, go up to Ai. Well, now all the people of war. They're going to overwhelm the city of Ai. They're going to overwhelm those warriors of Ai with mass numbers. So go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. Now notice that God is speaking to Joshua in the past tense as though it had, the victory had already taken place. That is how certain it was. The victory had not yet been enjoined, but God says, basically, it's over already because I've already given them into your hand as though it had already taken place. And you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoils and its cattle you shall take as booty for yourselves, lay an ambush for the city behind it. So there's a difference between God's instructions as to how to deal with potential booty from the city of Ai versus how he had instructed their, their uh, focus and their mindset to be as to the potential booty from the city of Jericho. In Jericho, God said, don't take anything. Here, he says, now, you can take the spoil and its cattle as booty for yourselves. Then he says, lay an ambush for the city behind it. So Joshua arose in all the people of war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. So here is the, you know, going, by the, going under the cover of darkness at night, and they're going to lay the ambush. He commanded them, saying, Behold, you shall lie in ambush against the city, behind the city. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you be ready. So here's a chosen 30,000 strong portion of the army. They're going to lie in wait and ambush, probably ambush the warriors of Ai as they come out of the city to meet the soldiers of Israel in the front of the city. Then I and all the people who are with me 
will approach the city, and it will come about when they come out against us at the first that we shall flee before them. And so Joshua tells those 30,000 men, now you wait, you know, you wait in, undercover, and I'm going to bring the army up to the front gates, to the front of the city, and when those warriors of Ai, and they're probably going to be rather, you know, puffed up, you know, encouraged over their previous victory over us, the 3,000, when they come out against us, then we are going to flee before them, at least give the appearance of fleeing, withdraw. And of course, they're probably going to do the same, follow the same tactic they did before when the 3,000 Israelite soldiers fled before them, they're going to chase them. In other words, they're going to leave the gates of the city unprotected, largely. And so then that's going to be your chance. Okay, so verse 6, for they will come out after us till we have drawn them away from the city, for they will say they are fleeing before us as at the first. Therefore, we will flee before them. Then you shall rise from the ambush and seize the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. So while the army of Ai are away from the city, they've left the entrance to the city vulnerable. Joshua says, now, you, that 30,000 Israelite soldiers laying an ambush, when the soldiers of Ai leave, then you come around and you take the city. It will be when you have taken the city that you shall set the city on fire. According to the commandment of the Lord, you shall do. See, I have commanded you. Joshua therefore sent them out, and they went to lie in ambush, and stayed between Bethel and Ai, on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. Then Joshua rose up early in the morning and mustered the people and went up, he and the elders of, of, of Israel, before the people of Ai. And all the people of war who were with him went up and drew near, and they came before the city and camped on the north side of Ai. Now a valley lay between them and Ai. So he took about 5,000 men and set an ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, all the army that was on the north of the city and its rear guard on the west of the city, Joshua went that, went that night into the midst of the valley. Now it happened when the king of Ai saw it that the men of the city hurried and rose early and went out against Israel to battle. So they went outside the city to do battle with the Israelite army. He and all his people at an appointed place before the plain. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. So Joshua, he was using effective military tactics. He made the king of Ai and his commanders of his army think, we're beating them again. We're, look, they're fleeing from before us. Let's chase them down. So all the people who were in Ai were called together to pursue them, and they pursued Joshua and were drawn away from the city. There was not a man left in, in Ai or Bethel who did not go out after Israel. So they left the city open and pursued Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, stretch out the spear that is in your hand toward Ai. 
for I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that was in the hand toward the city. Now notice again, Joshua, or, or the Lord is emphasizing, I will give you victory over Ai, over that city. Verse 19, so, then, so those in ambush rose quickly out of their place. They ran as soon as, they had stretched, as soon as he had stretched out his hand, and they entered the city and took it and hurried to set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended to heaven. So they had no power to flee this way or that. And the people who had fled to the wilderness turned back on the pursuers. So again, Joshua's army, the massive portion of it, they tricked the king of Ai and his warriors into thinking they were fleeing for their lives. And so the king of Ai led his army to chase them down. And when they withdrew from the city of Ai, then Joshua's other sections of the army that had laid in ambush entered the city and set it on fire, took the city and set it on fire. And then when the king of Ai turned and the rest of his army turned and saw that their city was on fire, they saw that they had been tricked they had been snookered, so to speak. <laughs> then they had nowhere to go because they had an army behind them, an Israelite army behind them, and an Israelite army in, fr in front of them. And at that point, Joshua led his portion of the army to turn on the army of Ai and its king. And so the king of Ai and his army was caught in a vice. When Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the smoke of the city ascended, they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. Then the others came out of the city against them, so they were caught in the midst of Israel. Interesting description. They were caught in the midst of Israel. It must have been an extremely disheartening experience because of this massive army of Israel suddenly surrounding them some on this side, some on that side, and they struck them down so that they let none of them remain or escape. So none of the men of Ai were able to get away. But the king of Ai they took alive and brought him to Joshua. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness where they pursued them, and when they all had fallen by the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned to Ai and struck it with the edge of the sword, so that it was so so it was that all who fell that day, both men and women, were twelve thousand, all the people of Ai. And that was by God's instruction: either destroy them in battle or drive them out, but don't let them remain in the city, or don't let them remain in the in the land, so that they could ultimately be a negative influence, an ungodly influence on you. So it was that all who, fed that day, all who fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, all the people of Ai. For Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Only the livestock and the spoil of that city Israel took as booty for themselves, according to the word of the Lord, which he had commanded Joshua. 
So Joshua burned Ai and made it a heap forever, a desolation to this city, to this day. And and the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until evening. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his corpse down from the tree, cast it at the entrance of the gate of the city, and raise over it a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Now Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of the whole stones, over which no man has wielded an iron tool. They, and they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there in the presence of the children of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. Then all Israel, with their elders and officers and judges, stood on either side of the altar before the priests, the Levites, who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, the stranger as well as he who was born among them. Half of them were in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before, that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, with the women, the little ones, and the strangers who were living among them. When we follow God's instructions, when we live according to his teachings, we will be blessed. Now, that does not mean we won't suffer some hardships along the way, but we will be blessed. And ultimately, we will be blessed with eternal life with him in heaven. Israel needed to learn that lesson. We need to learn that lesson today. The world needs to learn that lesson. How sad that the devil has been so effective, so influential in leading so so much of humanity to not follow God faithfully and obediently. May the world change. May God guide it to be so. May God help it to be so. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for being patient with us. We thank you for giving us your word to guide us. Help us, Father, to study it, to learn from it, and to make the applications correctly to our lives. Our world right now, our nation right now, so desperately needs you as their leader and guide. Please, please, we pray, guide things to turn around that it will be so. We pray for forgiveness, Father. Please forgive us of our sins and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.